My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and today we are answering your questions. That's right. We've got two questions that were submitted in by listeners just like you, and I'm going to answer them today. Now, if you have a scanner radio question that you want me to answer, you can pick up the phone and dial 516-308-2885, and by doing so and leaving me a voicemail, I'll put you in the running for a free tutoring session. Now, these tutoring sessions are a one-to-one, face-to-face meeting on Zoom. And if you don't want to go face-to-face, you'd rather be more anonymous, then that's fine, too. We just leave the cameras off. But I am there to help you out. And that means that I can basically talk you through anything. We can share a screen t- uh, screen session. Like We can go through a website, go through software, program your radio. It's a really is a great experience. And I've had many, many success stories when it comes to helping people through tutoring sessions. And if you want to book us directly for tutoring, you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. Again, if you ask me your question via your voice, you're in a running for a free tutoring session. Again, 516-308-2885 or by going to scannerschool.com slash ask and click on the SpeakPipe link if you are outside of the U.S. and still want to leave me a voicemail. And of course, if you're Mike shy, you can always leave me an email or you can always fill out the form on the Ask page. So again, today we've got two great questions that came in and we will put them both in for a running for a free tutoring session. So the first question of the month comes in from Bill. Bill, go ahead and ask me your question. Good morning, Phil. Wishing you the best in your situation with your battle with cancer. Definitely you have my prayers. I've been moving a lot this last year and I have a quick question. I've upgraded my situation to where I can have a scanner, but also a very powerful two-meter ham radio in my truck. I'm wondering if transmitting, uh, especially with 65 watts, would do anything to blow out the front end of the receive function on the scanner. So any thoughts you have about having the, the, the two or three, <laughs> or you know how the hobby is, four radios doing different things, including transmitting. If they were on at the same time, what is the potential for damaging? And is there a way to mitigate it? Or am I just, uh, I don't know, finding what can go wrong and need to just go forward and go ahead and do it? So thank you. Be interested to, to hear any thoughts and suggestions. Bye-bye now. Hey, Bill. Good to hear from you. And yeah, as I'm recording this, we are still dealing with the stage three cancer. But hopefully by the time this goes to public domain, I am cancer free. So we will see how that plays out. So to answer your question, yes, you will need to do some careful planning when it comes to mixing a receive only platform with a transmit receive platform. So our scanners are made for receive only, which means that there's no transmit capability in there. And that also means that we can kind of share receive lines with other scanner radios. Now, the best way to do that is with a multi-coupler, but 
we all kind of cheat and use pigtails, T-connectors, et cetera, et cetera. As long as we don't see a degradation of receive or noise or any kind of interference between the radios. Yeah, look, there's the old saying, right? Don't you? Know, sometimes you don't have to get it right. You just got to get it going, right? Or keep it simple. And if it helps to get you hooked up and get you on, on receiving, great. You know, and go back later and, and add the right equipment as needed. But if we're getting into the arena of transceivers, right, where we can transmit and receive in a single radio, we also need to think about placement of that antenna. It's very important to think about the placement of the antenna because if we transmit and there's another receiver nearby, we can actually blow out the front end of that receiver. That's not going to be any good because now all of a sudden you have a deaf receiver. Think about it. It's just like screaming in somebody's ear. After a while, they're going to develop a hearing problem, and that's what's going to happen to your scanner. If you have a, if you have another transceiver screaming, right, right next to it, and I've experienced a situation quite like this just in my own setup here. And of course, now I've learned I have bad antenna placement because I mounted my VHF UHF antenna on my chimney, and probably about ten feet or less away, I mounted my scanner radio. And of course, when it comes to planning, I say, well, that's the peak of the house. And that's my chimney. Those are two great places to mount an antenna. But when you both have the two antennas at the same height, one is transmitting right to another. Now, it's possible that you can make the receiver lower this way that the transmitter is transmitting over or into like the umbrella below it is, is protected. But um, that becomes more planning than it's worth. But it's easier if you have a tower than if you have a, a rooftop or a vehicle. So if you're planning on putting this in a vehicle, here's what you have to do. You got to separate the antennas. You got to separate the antennas on your house also. But if you're going to do it on your vehicle, antenna placement is key. Now, it's very simple to say, I just want to put them all on my roof. Well, how big is the roof of our vehicle? Some vehicles have a larger roof if they're an SUV. Other vehicles, if they're, say, a single cab pickup truck, have a very small roof. So it's very important to think about how we can separate our antennas. An easy way to do so is by putting your scanner antenna in the fender area of, uh, of the vehicle, the front fender area. So you'd run it basically into where the hood lip is of the engine compartment on most vehicles that still run on a gasoline-powered source. And uh, you can just mount the antenna up there. That'll keep that antenna as forward as possible. And think about it from like where the old AM, FM antennas were placed that were whip antennas in the front of your vehicle. Now, I know many vehicles have gone with the shark fins these days or a hockey puck on the roof. But again, we need to think about that too if we're going to be transmitting anywhere near that as well. But again, a good spot for your receiver antenna is as far away as you can get it from your other antennas. And that's why I say too, putting it in the front of the vehicle kind of makes it blend a little bit with your radio antenna. Now your transmitter antennas, yeah, they would be in the back of the of the of the vehicle, either uh near the tailgate or in the center of the roof. And again, they always say the center of the roof is probably the best place to put an antenna for transmitting because it uses the metalwork of your roof to work as the second half of the antenna, right? It's a mirror basically when it comes to a RF field. Now, do you need 65 watts of power in order to transmit? That's something that you have to think about as well. Now, if you're using this for ham radio, that's part of the licensing, right? You don't want to use any more power than you physically have to in order to make that communications. So that's something you could think about. Well, I, I have a 65-watt transmitter. I'm probably going to cause harm to my receiver if I use 65 watts. So let me back it down to half power or quarter power and see if I can maybe get to where I have to get without having really to worry about 
ruining the front end of my receiver. But if you have to use the full power, then so be it. So that's what we want to think about when it comes to our vehicle installs. When it comes to our homes, yeah, don't make the same mistake I did, right? Plan out how far away your antennas need to be. Try to separate them as far as possible. Now, if I didn't have my service drop, my electric coming in on the other eave of my house, then I would have put my receiver antenna over on that side of the home. But I can't because it's too close to my electrical drop. And I don't want a chance electrocuting myself when I'm trying to put up a disco antenna. That, again, is not going to be good. But another way to test this out, a very simple way, is use 5 watts. Use the lowest power setting your radio and transmit. Transmit and see what happens to your scanner. Does it mute? If it doesn't, then okay, maybe we're safe here. Then bring up the power even more. Do I mute? Okay, we're probably safe here as well. You may find, though, that when you hit 65 watts, if the antennas aren't separate enough, you're going to mute. So that's the thing. If your receiver is going to mute, you know you're causing harm. You're raising the noise floor on that radio, and it could be problematic. Maybe you might need to throw an attenuator in front of that receiver, which, again, is going to bring down your range on your scanner, but... If it helps save the front end on, say, your SDS-200, that attenuator may be worth it if you can still hear what it is you want to hear. Bill, this is a great question, and it certainly does outline the fact that sometimes we need to sit back and plan our designs when it comes to installation. I hope that you've come to a installation that saves your scanner and that works for you, that allows you to have, as you said, two, three, or maybe even more transceivers in your vehicle as well as your scanner radio. I think you said a vehicle, but I'm saying, you know, just in general, the, the practice is the same, whether it's home or mobile. And um, I'm sure there's a formula you can use. But again, I think the safest way to do it is just, you know, use a magnetic base, plan it out, see what happens, start with low power, increase the power, and take it from there. All right, Bill, thank you so much for asking me your question. Hopefully that was a good enough answer for you. And again, best of luck with everything you are setting up. It sounds like you certainly do have some experimenting to go through. But in the end, just remember to keep those antennas separated so you do not blow out the front end of that scanner radio or else you'll basically have a nice fancy paperweight. (laughs) So again, Bill, thank you so much for asking your question. And again, hang on because we're going to find out if you won the free tutoring session at the end of this podcast episode. All right, before we go on to our second question, I just want to remind everybody that if you are a Patreon supporter at the $3 or higher tier, that means that you get the podcast early and you also get a version that does not have this upcoming break. And again, those at the $5 a month level, well, guess what? You also get access to our Patreon community on Discord. You get a couple of extra benefits. And when we finally start up again and start recovering from surgery and everything else that's been going on here, we will start up again our extra credit monthly sessions where we all have a roundtable discussion over Zoom for a couple hours on the evenings. So with that, I want to remind you, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon to help support the podcast. We'll be right back. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? 
Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. All right. Our next question comes in from Jim. Jim, go ahead and ask me your question. Hey, Phil. It's your buddy Jim next door in Suffolk County here on Long Island. And I have kind of an interesting uh, predicament I ran into. And I was wondering if you could explain why this happened. I have two scanners that I'm currently using primarily. One is my SDS-100 the be-all, end-all of all scanners there. And I recently put a BCT-15X in my truck. Both are being used to monitor our fire dispatch and response are all done on their on Suffolk County's P25 system on their Fire Rescue Ops 3 channel. So on my SDS-100, I downloaded everything right off a of radio reference, put it right into my Utel software, program my radio, and everything works splendidly. On my BCT-15X, I did the exact same thing using the Butel software for that, but my Fire Rescue and Emergency Service Ops 3 channel would not receive. And I couldn't understand why. I even brought the SDS-100 out to the car to see if I was what was going on. It wasn't working. After a whole lot of looking and searching, I found that the Fire Ops 3 Talk ID channel on the SDS-100 was 167, but to use it on the BCT-15X, the Talk ID channel was actually different. It was 2672, which I didn't realize that they actually did different Talk ID channels for the same exact channel on a P25 system. So I was wondering if maybe you could explain why the Talk ID is different depending on what radio I'm using. I love the show. We're all rooting for you, Phil. I hope to hear from you soon. Again, Big Jim, Suffolk County. I'm out, buddy. Hey, Jim. Hope you're doing well, and thanks for asking your question. Now, we've got a lot of things to kind of pull away and diagnose here as far as your problem goes. So let's break things down just by the radios that we're looking at here. We have an SDS-100 or an SDS-200, and then we've got a BCT-15X, right? So what what's the first thing that we realize here, right? Well, one of them is an analog-only radio, and the other one is a... P25 capable, simulcast ready scanner that also does analog, right? So we need to figure out what we're looking at here when it comes to what systems we're putting in because we can't put the county P25 system into the BCT-15X. 
Now, what we need to also look at, too, if we go over your reference, we find out not only do we have a APCO 16 system, which is a Type 2 simulcast system, but we also have the P25 system, which has multiple different layers and sites on it as well. And when we start looking at those two systems and we put them side by side, we will notice that we see a lot of duplication here. We see pretty much all of PD is on both systems and fire is on both systems. And there's other things that are missing that used to be on the P16 system or the APCO 16 system or the Type 2 system is now on the P25 Phase 2 system. Well, what happened? Well, those old talk groups that are no longer on the old Type 2 system are uh, completely migrated over to the P25 system, and they're not even used anymore. And this is part of what we are starting to see here. So when you look at your SDS-100, SDS-200 on the P25 system, we also need to look at, on Radio Reference, what site we are on. Now, I'm a DB admin for Radio Reference in Suffolk County, and what I've been trying to do is indicate what layer, what cell each talk group or group of talk groups would happen to be on because we have a 700 layer and we have an 800 layer. Well, the way that Suffolk County has set up to date their system is that all of FD is on the 700 layer. Everything else is on the 800 layer. So that means if you program in your Unication pager or your SDS scanner or anything else that supports P25 and you don't put in the 700 layer, you're never going to hear fire. Likewise, if you're on the 700 layer, you're never going to hear PD. And these are things we need to start realizing when it comes to programming our scanners for these kinds of complex systems. So your SDS is obviously set up for the P25 system, and it's obviously set up to use the 700 megahertz layer because you are hearing the talk group, which is 167 for your Fire Ops 3. Now, let's look over at the Type 2 system here. Yes, you have a Fire Ops 3 there, and it is talk group 2672. So your question being, well, how come there are different talk group IDs? Hmm, here's a little formula for you. Take the talk group ID on the P16 system, the old Type 2 system, divide it by 16. So if you divide 2672 by 16, you get 167. 167 is the talk group ID on the P25 system. Interesting how that works, right? <laughs> so, why is that? Well, when you're on the Type 2 system, you've got a status bit at the end. You can have up to 16 status bits, 0 through 15. And what you do is you add one to the talk group ID to give you your status bit. So, I don't have the status bit chart in front of me, but let's just say status bit 1 was an emergency. So, it would actually be talk group 2673 would be the talk group ID that would come across the system to indicate you as an emergency and not 2672. Again, I'm, I don't have the emergency flag in front of me. I'm just using that as an example here because it's easier to add one than any other number, right? <laughs> so, so that's what happens here. So divide by 16, you get the APCO 16 to APCO 25 conversion there. Now, the other way that trunk systems work is with affiliation. So if there's no affiliation on a particular talk group ID, then that talk group ID will not be carried. So it's one of two things going on here, Jim. Either there's nobody affiliated on the APCO 16 or the Type 2 system on talk group 2672, so that talk group is not heard. Or it could be that every unit out there has now moved over to the P25 system, and of course, nobody's affiliating on there. 
And that can mean now that that talk group is now a dead talk group on the old Type 2 legacy system. That being said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I think listing the FireOps 3 on your BCT15X may be going the way of the dodo here. It sounds to me that if you want to reliably hear FireOps 3, you are going to need to have a P25 radio in your car now, which means you can use your BCT15X to monitor anything else you want in the county when it comes to fire because Frez is going to stick around on UHF and really not low band for a while here. But I know also a lot of Frez is going over the P25 system. Does this mean you need to invest in another SDS radio? Hmm. Could be because you want to take it mobile. And there's different schools of thought out there with simulcast saying, well, you know, you're going to drive in and out of the simulcast areas and you're going to have the different problems. Look, why bother with it, right? If you got the funds, you got the money, you got the ability to do so, put an SDS in the car. Get a communication pager just for that talk group or just a range of talk groups you want to listen to and use that. You could get away with a 325P2 and see how it works for you, but I haven't had much luck in Suffolk County with a P325P2, a TRX1, or even a 436. So you could always stream it to your phone and take a listen to it that way, but... um I think it's time, Jim. I hate to say it. I really think it's time to invest in either a Unication Pager, if you can take it mobile, or uh, another mobile radio for the car. It stinks that it's going to be upwards of 600 bucks, But on the other hand, a G4 is uh, a little bit less than a G5. And a G4 could really help you in this situation if all you're listening to is 700 and 800 megahertz. Contact me if you want pricing on a G4. And if anybody else wants pricing on a Unication Pager, go to the quote page over at eastcoastpagers.com. Go to eastcoastpagers.com slash quote. And uh, we can look at giving you a little bit better pricing on the actual pager itself. Much of the accessories are already cut down to the lowest price available on the website. But there is some flexibility on pricing when it comes to the actual pagers. And the best way to get so is to work with me directly. Again, eastcoastpagers.com slash quote. So, Jim, to answer your questions, it could just be that, yeah, nobody's on the old system. Everybody's on the new P25 system, which is why you don't hear on the BCT15X because you're listening to two different networks. And also the talk groups IDs are divisible by 16. So you take the old type 2 system divided by 16 and that gives you your new P25 system. At least that's the way it operates on most systems. Jim, sorry to be the bearer of bad news here, but I definitely want to thank you for asking the question. And um, yeah, the other one about uh, feeling better, well, we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> Surgery was a success, but uh, we're not out of the woods yet. All right, Jim, again, really sorry to be the bearer of bad news here, but yeah, it sounds like you may need an upgrade to at least something to listen to that P25 system that is out there in Suffolk County. All right, so with that, it is time now to pick a winner when it comes to our free tutoring session for this month. Now, again, if you have a question for me, you can go and pick up the phone right now, 516-308-2885, or go to scannerschool.com slash ask to ask me your question that way. Again, there's a button there for the SpeakPipe link. Again, there's a link for the phone number, and there's also an area that you can leave me an email. Now, tutoring. Again, somebody's going to win one, but if you want to be tutored, you need help with a scanner, you need one-on-one help, scannerschool.com slash tutoring. Go ahead and open up the calendar, pick a date and time that works well for you, and then fill out the boxes that follow.
All right, so on front of me right now, I've got a random number generator. I have one and two. One is for Bill and two is for Jim. In order to make it fair, we're going to hit refresh on this five times. This way, it's not like I just brought up the web page and filled it in. I need two in, you know, two things and it gave me a number. We're going to make sure it resets itself. So here we go. One, two, three, four, and five. Bill, congratulations. You have just won yourself a free tutoring session by simply asking me your question for Scanner School. So reach out to me. You can email me, phil at scannerschool.com, and I will send you a code that you can use for booking a tutoring session, and this will give you a full discount on this upcoming session that you book with me. All right. Again, I want to remind everybody that you can ask your question again, 516-308-2885, or by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. And if you want to join the Scan Nerds community, you want to ask me questions, you want to ask anybody else questions, you want to just join the conversation, scannerschool.com slash discord where you hang out there all the time before we wrap up this week's podcast i want to take a minute here to thank all of our patreon supporters alan gonzalez arthur alchak arthur heron bill k bob robs bob middleton brandon sammons brian arsenal brian king chris paris classic hank craig harper dan daniel chiavolella dave pasco david david c david kuzneski david robertson Danny Crotty, Dylan Heider, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Kaycock, Barry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin's Wiki, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.